0: Welcome to this episode of the Christian Nerd of Godcast. Uh my name is Scott Higa. I am the Christian nerd, and as I am, I am joined, as always, for these endeavors in combining our powers, much like Voltron, the Power Rangers, or some Transformers that became a larger Transformer. Uh, Devastator. Going- Devastator. What was the good guy version? The Autobot version. Was there an uh, Autobot version?
1: Superion.
0: Oh, there we go. Uh, I am joined. You've heard his voice. You love it. You love him, Tony T from the Nerd of Godcast. Hi, Tony.
1: You know, if I could not think, oh, hi, Scotty. If I couldn't think of, a, of an Autobot version of a combiner, I would have just logged off right now and immediately gone to bed. That would have been the end of my night because I could have never come back from that level of shame. So, are you saying I
0: should be shamed because I couldn't think of? Is that what you're insinuating?
1: No, but I, I, you put me on the spot, and I felt like I pulled through, and I'm very you, proud of myself. You did.
0: I, I'm. I'm. I, I'm always proud of you, Tony.
1: <laughs> um, but even more so in this moment. I just want you. I just mark the time for that. This that's going to be my ringtone from now on for everybody. <laughs> just Scott Higa saying, "I'm always proud of I'm you, Tony. Always proud of you, Tony. Tony, we haven't done
0: this for a while. How you been? We haven't Man, done this I since you, you shut down your podcast."
1: have we not wow I, that's no. crazy to me yes uh, i have gone into retirement and i'm still recording every week for some ridiculous you gone reason.
0: into hiatus i wouldn't call it
1: retirement really you, you don't call it a comeback then yeah here we are you the never, christian nerd of godcast never went anywhere east uh, coast west coast tupac and biggie uh, hardy's and carl's jr uh kroger and what are we out Publix. here, Ralphs? Oh, oh, we we don't have Kroger. We have Publix. Oh, is Publix part of Kroger? Nope. Oh, are you are you looking for symmetrical brands? I see. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Red okay. state, blue state.
0: Very much so. Yeah. Golden State, sunshine state.
1: Yeah. Golden Oh, you you should have gone Golden State and Golden Girls. That would have been. <laughs> I never watched that show. The Golden Girls is fantastic. I know, but I was young, and
0: it's I. It was a bunch about a bunch of old ladies like trying to like get it on. So I don't think I was even
1: allowed to watch it. Okay, so we were just having a conversation before the recording began. And those of you, I guess, that are Patreon sponsors of The Christian Nerd, you'll probably get to hear it. But for the rest of you, uh, ordinary the bourgeoisie out there uh, who have not yet checked out how you can be a financial sponsor. Yes. The
0: The working class. The working class listeners of The Christian Nerd, not the the bourgeoisie who, when the proletariat rise up, the uh, internet will run red with their blood.
1: Yes, and, and and you'll be the first against the wall when the revolution happens for sure. Uh you we were just talking about classic TV shows, and you were talking about the Dick Van Dyke show, other shows that, that were out before you were even born. So you can't say I, I it was before you that's time. true.
0: It was, but like it was it was on TV when I was around, but it wasn't on Nick at night. Like I watched all those old shows on Nick at that's night.
1: That's fair. That, that's fair. I think it was on TV land, but the golden girls was the treasure, great show. I don't know how well it aged, uh, pun not intended. But I love classic TV. When Nick at Night first came out, uh, I'm old enough to remember when Nickelodeon was only a daytime network. At night, it would, it would go off the air and switch over to A&E. And uh, when they finally became a 24-hour network, and at night, it would become Nick at Night, and they would show old reruns, I would stay up yeah. all night long. Uh-huh. And I mean long enough to watch those shows two or three times each, because they would put them on a cycle and watch the Patty Duke show and the Donna Reed show and, and all of those amazing old TV New shows. New Heart,
0: the Bob uh, Newhart the, show oh,
1: that came gosh. later on, but yeah, not, but, but not Newhart, which was the 80 version. Yeah. The Bob Newhart show with so Suzanne good. Plachette. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. TV is, is a passion for, for kids that grew up in an era uh, where TV was King and you didn't have very many friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> TV
0: yeah. was your friend. My best friend right. was always there for me. Uh No. So the, the thing that boggles my mind is like, I think I like did the math on it and that like, B. Arthur was the same age when she started doing the Golden Girls that like Jennifer Aniston is right now.
1: Isn't it weird how how people aged differently yes. in the seventies and how
0: like Be- B. Arthur like I could have sworn she was like eighty when she did that show and she was like fifty five.
1: Isn't it crazy? It's the same insane. thing when when in the new Star Wars trilogies when you look you say that right now Mark Hamill when they were filming those was older than Alec Guinness was in the original. Yeah crazy to me yeah
0: no that that, that's not that that doesn't make sense timey wimey wibbly
1: wibbly wobbly yeah
0: have you been since you don't have a podcast other than the fact that you continue to release episodes every (laughs) week
1: well you know i've taken this opportunity to sort of just talk to some people that i love and that i care about i've 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 really just have a passion to continue recording communicating and encouraging people in the nerd community but uh not having my podcast crew with me it's given me an option to kind of explore different formats and really just talk to some of my amazing friends just reach out to people other podcasters and creative people from literally around the planet yeah i haven't listened
0: to the one your most recent episode with some dude from japan or something
1: yeah steve marshall i i met him when i worked at disney world in the 90s and he moved to Japan he's the magic ambassador to Japan from the USA and he is one of the most legitimately fascinating and encouraging people I've ever met in my entire life and I just wanted an excuse to to kind of chat with him for an hour and talk with him and uh, that's just the kind of stuff I'm enjoying doing just awesome uh, hanging out with people online yeah and and and, and now it has come to the ultimate expression of my joy when I get to (laughs) hang out with my best internet friend Scott by God, Higa.
0: And here we are, doing our thing. Uh, today is going to be a Mandalorian-focused episode, because the season two premiere is on Friday. People are super excited, super stoked. We'll talk about the things that we're looking forward to and we're excited about. So, uh, if you're in for some Mandalorian content, this is the place for you. Uh, also, yes. if you're in to here are a bunch of random old television references i'm sure those will continue because that just seems mm-hmm. to be the 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 chart that we've courted the chart that we've courted for ourselves the course that we've charted for
1: ourselves mm-hmm. yes we'll at night court and charts night court that's a combination of all kinds of different things the one with ding the cast ding. from night court bing 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 bing, bing. that was what that was one of my favorite episodes of 30 rock that was when they brought back the cast from night rock. court and TV is just—I just love TV so much. I just
0: love it so much. Uh, real quick, uh, impromptu uh, countdown slash list. We'll have an official one. Uh, what are your favorite
1: TV theme songs of all time? Oh my gosh, I love TV theme songs. Um, that's Give me like, like a top three if you if you can manage. Like favorite, like like boy, that's a bop. Or favorite, like uh, like its most iconic, whatever bangers, iconic, whatever whatever you want. There's something about a TV show that opens up with just a sick bass riff, so so Night Court goes on the list. You know yeah. with that bing bing bing. Or, but also, I have to maybe split that up with the Barney Miller that bing boodooding boodooding. Never watched Barney Miller. I I never, really never watched it either when I was a kid. I don't even know that I, song. I have, so, oh, it's it's a really cool song. Um, the the theme song from Mash, yeah, and yeah. I, I never really was a big Mash fan, but it's a great song. Um, I love the theme song to Star Trek: The Next Generation. I know it's technically lifted from... <laughs> i know when i watched the motion picture. picture
0: at first i was like wait a second i know this song. So
1: i didn't wa- i didn't wa- exactly i didn't watch the motion picture until after i would already watched next generation yeah, totally. i was just like whoa what what goes on here
0: yeah uh, i i think man. i really like I, th- I really like i think there's like instrumental ones and, and ones with word like instrumental i love freaking Airwolf.
1: Yeah. And Magnum PI
0: is just amazing. I love Magnum PIs.
1: Yeah. P. I. I, I TV theme songs are Diver, uh, so N- good. Night Rider. Knight, oh yeah. I'm doing these songs and like it's not it's not gonna sound like anything but me just going like like Dr. Evil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's like like tv shows don't really have theme songs anymore and it's kind no, of no. They,
1: they have little riffs uh they're you know little tiny you know recognizable uh, recurring motifs but not necessarily but like there's no
0: like great like saccharine song like show me that smile again from like growing show pains.
1: me that smile again this is probably the fifth time that we've been able to work in the theme to growing pains in our little we like it so song. much
0: also uh a family touch Sha-na-na-na. just <laughs> so good what would we do, baby, without yeah, us? So, yeah. so many
1: good. Yeah, and, and and you know, we just they show a montage of clips. It was an overture. It was like, what can I expect thematically? And it was
0: even like the Brady Bunch. Like they didn't even have a pilot episode. They just had a theme song. That was the that story. told you what
1: was happening. Dun 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 dun. dun. Here's exposition. Yeah, that's about genius. these characters. Yeah,
0: we'll just have have this exposition. Exposition. Oh, also <laughs> the worst theme song of all time, Star Trek Enterprise. Just completely. Horrible.
1: Thematically inappropriate.
0: Just thematically. In- like the Until visuals they are the great. Dark-
1: Until they did the dark episodes yeah. and they had like the really militaristic, universe, that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah.
0: But that yeah. that Diane Warren song sung by Russell Wilson or Watson, I was so
1: bad. Hey, I'll be honest with you. I think Voyager has a really strong theme song for a Star Trek show. I didn't watch a lot of Voyager, so I don't really
0: know. It. But I like the D-Space Nine one.
1: Yeah. A yeah, lot. Go, go play. Pull the soundtrack to Voyager. Listen to the opening songs. The song it is—it's remarkable it, musically, from a compositional standpoint. I think it's probably stronger than the Next Generation. It doesn't make me want to go and fight Ferengi like the Next Generation, but it's—it's it's a beautiful song.
0: All right, I'll check it out, and then maybe I'll sit down and watch my way through Voyager. Some one of these days.
1: I didn't prescribe that. I'm not telling right, well, you. Well, I just—you
0: know—like I feel I'm a—you know—we're nerds. We're completionists. We want to like be able to like watched all these shows like i've watched all next generation and deep space nine and enterprise and discovery and picard and lower decks so the original series in voyager they're still just hanging on there having not been watched so I- by me
1: I have a buddy. He's he's a good friend of mine. He was actually a kid in my youth group, and and he's just an awesome guy. We we chat and hang out all the time. And he's a composer. He worked for Hans Zimmer uh, out of, in L.A. And now he does theme songs for shows like Netflix shows. Hmm. And it's funny because like he, he's just he's so musically talented, but he has just focused himself on one particular style and genre of music. And it's actually popular enough that it, it gets him work. Yeah. And that's just sort of that that grungy slidey guitar, just that meow, meow, which they use on everything from yeah. reality shows to, i mean it's it's breaking bad it's pawn stars it's it's you know everything in between and uh, that's like the mandalorian which we're going to be talking yeah. about in a few minutes that just kind of has that real subtle subdued theme song that but but it's so recognizable that it's all you need just you know you hear that and you're like oh yeah
0: i mean, have you watched the mandalorian since it aired like i haven't rewatched watched no, any I episodes i haven't gone back to it
1: May That's not that true. There's true. one episode I went back and rewatched, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later on. One that I think was a standout when it comes to just beautifully made television. But yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm we'll
0: sure. get there. So let's get to it. So Mandalorian episode, we got a countdown of favorite moments, episodes, whatever, from the first season of Mandalorian. So let's hit that right now. Three,
1: two, one. And good. It's the first.
0: So last year, uh, did it premiere in? It premiered when Disney Plus dropped, right? In November. November, yeah. Yeah. So we're almost, we've almost had Disney Plus for a year. I still don't have my correct account. Uh, they've been trying their best.
1: <laughs> I remembered that. You had a, uh, an invisible period or a hyphen in there, right?
0: Not an invisible period. I put, so it's my it's my email address, which I'm not going to share on the internet. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, go ahead and give yeah. everybody your login in case they don't no, have it. No, you can watch, go to- so They can yeah, watch The Mandalorian with email us. Email me
0: all you want at, at com because that is not used for my bank account information. <laughs> um, but so it was my email address, and it's for somehow, it's a Gmail account, so I'll, I'll narrow it down like that. Somehow, I put <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> and then at the at, at the end of that i put the little accent underneath the tilde by the one on the keyboard okay i don't know how i did like it's like that's nowhere near the m i have no idea how that made it into my disney plus login and so i can't even like log in normally i have to I have to write – I have to put my email address with that accent in a note on my computer because the phone doesn't even have that accent.
1: <laughs> He's had to create a macro. I basically.
0: <laughs> so I'm like I hit the macro and then I copy and paste that from my phone into my Apple TV <laughs> so I can actually log in. So uh, I talked to some very nice employee a couple weeks ago, and she said she was going to get it figured out, and then it didn't get figured out. So I have to call them back again. Um but at least I'll be able to watch the Mandalorian. So it's been, we've had the Mandalorian in our lives for over a year. I think it was something that most people were excited about, probably the thing they were most excited about for Disney Plus, I mean outside of any of the MCU series which we haven't seen anything of yet. So uh so yeah, look just just real quick like what what are your favorite parts? Like what sticks out to you when you think about the Mandalorian? And it, it could be a moment from an episode, it could be an entire episode, it could be a character, it could be themes like
1: like what's really stuck out for you? There's so many great moments, and I, I think that right away, uh, not knowing what to expect, and and really, you know, we're we've been around the block enough, Scotty, to know that that sort of. Extra theatrical Star Wars adventures are a real crapshoot, and we've been burnt more than we've been tickled on some of them. Yeah, because I mean,
0: for every Mandalorian, you've got the Ewoks Caravan of
1: Courage. Correct, and it's it's just been there's it's been a, a tough road to hoe, and it could have gone really really badly. Thank goodness it did not. But even that first scene in the first episode, when, you know, when the guy gets cut in half in the door, just the tone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this is this is not my uh, 1977 Star Wars. Like, this is different.
1: The tone of the show itself is as much of a character is as much of a presence as as anything else. And I think the way that they kind of created it as uh, I think it's too simplistic to call it a Western. But yeah. But a a, a tough guy show, a tough, unrefined, uh, unpolished backwater version of the Star Wars universe, um, an underbelly, if you will. I think that's been, that was an amazing, amazing vibe to the show. And I think that's, that's, that was the first thing I noticed because right off the bat, I thought, okay, okay, I can get down with this.
0: Yeah, for sure. I
1: think that it it felt different but familiar. And that's a hard thing to pull off. Totally.
0: Yeah. The tone is great. And I think I'll just say it here. Cause we'll all say it. I think freaking the child is unbelievable. Like, I don't know, like how you create a cultural phenomenon. Like I, I do you think they knew what they were doing when they created that little puppet? Like the fact that the, the fact that Werner Herzog just was like talking to it and giving it direction on set and like yep. talking to it as a person, like maybe they knew they were onto something, maybe not this big but like big right. enough.
1: Right. I don't think they did. And I'll tell you why I don't believe that they did because of how long it right now, right now, which is almost a year later. Now we're, we're just starting getting to see the merchandise yeah. and they and that's not a Disney move, dude. That's Disney true. puts merchandise out before. I don't think that they really understood what they how were saying. They
0: not have like even Bryce Dallas Howard was talking about like on set, like she was so excited to show her kids. Like I, how, how did they, how could they have missed that?
1: like Yeah, i think that the star wars was in such a a, a weird atmosphere at that yeah. moment things were failing left and right that they thought were going to be money in the bank yeah. they, they were suffering from post solo syndrome you know and people are they're just not buying woody harrelson action figures so <laughs> why are they going to throw good money after bad no i mean legitimately yeah and that's kind of where we were i mean yeah. they they canceled Clone Wars. They got rid of all these. Star Wars was just kind of had a big question mark hanging over. They were canceling uh, proposed trilogies all at yeah. that time. Um, so, yeah, I think that Disney was almost ready to kind of cut its losses. And then they went, oh, no, we've got lightning here. And uh, let's lightning scramble. in a little two foot adorable bottle. Cause the first merchandise that came out was so bad that it almost looked like somebody made it on Etsy. It was just <laughs> like a black t-shirt with just a photograph yeah. on it. And nothing even else on there. Yeah,
0: that's true. But yeah, so, I mean, I, I can't like clearly the child was the breakout from the series, a like cultural phenomenon, which doesn't happen. And he's adorable and I love him and I want him to be my friend. And yeah. just the fact that, you know, again, Werner Herzog, basically, he called them cowards if they were going to do it CGI. <laughs> and then, I don't know, like, I'll, I'll add this to my list, and then you can, next one. But the the gallery, the making of series for The Mandalorian is spectacular as well. Um, there's a director's roundtable, which is great. There's a the actors. But the technology one, I think it's the third episode, is just incredibly bonkers. Like, how they did the child, how I think it's like three or four different puppeteers controlling him. And then the, the technology that they use to shoot the, the series is, is spectacular. So,
1: and, uh, but puppetry is such a powerful medium and people yeah. take it for granted. But this is something that you would hear from anyone that guest starred on The Muppets. Yeah. And you know, because you can look down and, and you see, see the person. Yeah, or, yeah, you, see them. you see the person, but they never engage with the person. I was a puppeteer at Disney and I interacted with guests. And, it's re- and I'm, not, I'm not even that great of a puppeteer. And it was remarkable to me. How I could and I'm not a ventriloquist. I yeah. wasn't, you know, not moving my uh-huh. lips. I was straight up talking right uh-huh. next to this puppet, and people would just Still just look talk at to and puppet. interact with the puppet. Yeah, it's it's very powerful. Yeah,
0: no, and those those story like Werner Hort- Herzog sounds insane, but he also seems like <laughs> like all the best stories from the Mandalorian have been about him. Yeah, like him giving direction to the child. Like he wasn't even directing yeah. the episode, and he's giving it direction, telling you what to do, <laughs> which is. Uh, spectacular. So yeah, so I, I love The Child, obviously, and then one of my favorite things come out of it is the the gallery, the making of, which is which is great. And there's, at the end of one of the episodes, they let Dave Filoni talk for five minutes about the heart of Star Wars, and it is one of the most moving things in Star Wars I've ever heard, because they let that guy, they let that guy go. And it's, so I, I would, for sure, if you haven't checked that out yet, as you're binge watching the series, getting ready for Friday, definitely check out The Making Of, because it's really I'm,
1: good. I'm not going to lie, I've not
0: seen it. It's It's really good. Yeah, I'll check it Definitely out. Definitely worth watching. What else have you uh, enjoyed? So I've so you said uh, the tone, I said the child, and the making of. What else do you got?
1: You know, it, it's a crazy thing, and it seems like it would be one of those eye roll, this is so overdone sort of things. But the hallway fight with the droids on the prison episode. Yes, and and the prison episode, as I referred to earlier, is the one episode that I went back and watched a mm. second time because it was a great... Yeah. If that was a mini-movie, if it was a standalone, if uh-huh. we had nothing else from the show but just that episode, they got so much mileage and characterization in one small burst with yeah. every one of those characters felt very fully realized, the world and the universe. And it, there never was you always kind of want to see the opening monta- montage of like, here's your character and he's great. But then he comes up against something that just he can't overcome. And where is he going to find the ability? That episode, I never felt like Mando wasn't in control yeah. the entire time. And I didn't even care. It was just like, yeah, dude. But you didn't. Work. the
0: great thing is like, you didn't know how he was in control. No, like, it was so, great.
1: So you're just like, you're,
0: so you know, the end, you know, he's in control. And then you're seeing how it inf- unfolds the whole time. Um was great. <clears throat> uh yeah. one of my favorite moments came from that episode too is at the end, it's when the X Wings show up and just blow yeah. up the base. And, and so I don't I don't know why it, like it was just seeing an X Wing in not a movie, like on a movie screen, because you never see him in the Clone Wars because it's too mm-hmm. early. And so the only time you see an X-Wing is in the original trilogy or in the, the sequel trilogy. So here are like watching TV, it's like, oh, holy crap, like those are two X Wings. And it's just yep. it's just random pilots from the, the New Republic. Blowing up a space station. And I love I love that moment. Just kind yeah. of the connection to the, the larger. And he was like, oh, that's right. Like there is still some semblance of law and order in this galaxy. And it is the New Republic. It are these it's these good guys that we like because we just saw them defeat the Empire, you know, five years ago. So I, I, I love that scene. I don't know why that that tickled me so much. But just seeing yeah. two X-Wings flying and hearing their, hearing their noise uh, was great. Uh, you
1: say he- hearing their noise isn't it amazing how star wars has and this is all ben, Bird, ben burr yeah but the the noises of star wars oh, yeah, are so trademark yes it, it's when you hear a tie fighter you hear an x-wing you hear a lightsaber yeah. you know it's it just takes you there
0: oh no i like you you're talking like I, i'm i just thinking of Sabulba's pod racer from mm. you know like 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 i've we've discussed episode one and why I think pod racing is great, but I think the sound, and we can agree the sound design in that scene is unreal. Like how yeah. each pod racer sounds totally unique. And you know, when it's Anakin's, you know, when it's the was, you know, when it's anybody else, it's yeah. The, the Star Wars sound yeah, is, yeah. Ben Burrs is, is the fact that we know the Star Wars sound designer shows how right. great yeah. Yeah. He, he is. <laughs> um, kind of, so I would say, I think that the, and what, what I liked about clone or not clone, what I liked about, um, Mandalorian is that i I had this complaint with the first season of Star Trek Discovery is that uh it's television, but it's not very episodic because it's all just kind of like one big clump like there's maybe one episode from the first scene Discovery that I remember it being completely different, and that's because it was Rain Wilson being Harvey Mudd and messing with time like so it's
1: totally hair- different Harry Mudd, oh, Harry Mudd sorry. Um, Don't try me, son. <laughs> I,
0: I'm not trying. I'm just making mistakes. cut me some grace. <laughs> it was
1: great cast, by the way. That was that was yeah. an awesome casting it's choice. So so
0: sinister. Like seeing that sinister side of Rain Wilson is really really yeah. great. Um. So, but with Mandalorian, it's very much episodic. Like you can pick, other than maybe like the last two, sort of like they're one kind of combined story. Um, you mentioned the prison episode. I think of the home alone episode when they're, you know, on that idyllic planet and trying to beat up a, an ATST. Um, but I think good. Yeah. The, the one that really sticks out to me is the sin. It's the third episode where he drops off the child. And then I love that moment when he's on his ship and he sees, you know, what, The child sees the knob knob. like that, like, and, and how Pedro Pascal or whoever's underneath the arm at that time communicates like what he's going through underneath the mat, like that moment. No facial expression, but we know, we know like, it's like that, that it's so good. Like that moment. And I think that's probably my favorite episode because then again, you have all the Mandalorians fighting, which is totally awesome. But, but yeah, yeah, that, that moment captures so much emotion with a mask where you can't even see the guy's face like that's that's right. spectacular
1: one thousand percent yes absolutely yeah, i i, I, I love, love that a big moment for me and see i had kind of thought this was sort of a monster of the week sort of show at first mm. like every week here he is on a different planet with a yeah. different character but at the end when they kind of went into the finale and they started bringing characters back uh-huh. and he started bringing back and uh and that was amazing to me and i uh, I just, I really felt it when Taika Waititi's IG-11 sacrifices himself. It Definitely. was just, a, it was a great moment, a powerful moment, like surprising because, and I felt like I knew, like they had made a hot toy of this character. And I'm like, they're not going to make a hot toy for a character that died in the episode. Yeah, in the first one. episode. Yeah. But, uh, or like I,
0: promote, like how much it's Taika Waititi. I'm like, yeah, he said exactly. like three sentences, not that big of a deal.
1: But at the end, when he, uh, he gave his life, it was like, that's, that's pretty rad. That was a, that was a cool cool moment in the show yeah
0: anything else uh, pop-up that you really enjoyed
1: at the time i don't know it felt very compartmentalized because i hadn't seen a lot of other uh of the sort of extra theatrical star wars things since watching the mandalorian i've gone back and watched the clone wars i've watched rebels so uh, at the end when gus fring when uh moff, moff gideon <laughs> comes <Fring>. out <laughs> When he comes out of the uh, the tie and he's got the dark saber, I didn't know the background story of the dark saber. Mm. And now I do, which makes that moment way more significant to me. I was
0: bummed because like I woke up on Friday morning before like Friday morning, like I hadn't even had time to watch the episode yet because I'd only been awake for a half hour and it only been released for like an hour and a half. There's a story on there, like with a picture of him, like like I didn't even click on the story on Twitter. Like the picture was him holding the dark saber, so that moment was ruined for me, and I was so bummed. Yeah, that's
1: booty. That's that's one of the downfalls of living on the east of the west coast. That's you know, true. you never know some some jerk from Connecticut's going to ruin know, it for everybody. But that that was a good moment. Yeah kind of cool but that was cool because i went back and i'm like when then when i'm watching clone wars and i'm going oh dude like there's that saber yeah. like that's significant and it's significant because of the mandalorians like yeah. it was it was the first mandalorian jedi created that lightsaber for himself and it became like an icon of leadership so why does he have it is he the leader of mandalorians is there some connection yeah. is he a mandalorian yeah. you know are we going back to somebody from like pre i mean darth maul had the dark saber legitimately
0: but, I don't know that yet.
1: Oh, sorry. No, Spoiler alert. No, hey,
0: like, look, I know, like, and we'll get into this in the next segment, talking about what we're looking forward to. But I know like, there's stuff that's going to be ruined and spoiled for me, so that's totally cool. I'm, like, I get it. Because yeah. I haven't finished uh, Clone Wars or Rebels. I did just finish Season 3 of Clone Wars, though, so I powered through that much at least.
1: Yeah, well, Darth Maul comes into the the storyline in Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, and Clone Wars and and and, Rebels. Uh, and and part of and this even kind of weaves into Solo, which made me appreciate Solo a little bit more. Is that Darth Maul, uh, on his journey to get revenge on Obi Wan Kenobi, creates this giant network of criminals, and he sets up shop on Mandalore. He uses mm-hmm. Mandalore as like the legitimate front for his crime empire and part of his claim to leadership he has the the mm. dark saber which is pretty cool and sabine wren gets it in in uh, rebels, rebels. And yeah it's, just, it's like wow we've seen this one particular icon handed off from all these different characters and now this guy has it that has to mean something and i'm pretty i'm pretty pumped about that
0: yeah for sure and i think that i think i, m- I mentioned it before but letting dave filoni do this i think was i mean dave filoni with john favreau yeah, I mean, John Favreau brings all like he brought all the technical know how and kind of how to do it because Dave Filoni even said like he'd never even directed real people before, so it, for him to be on set, it was a little unnerving. But letting him be an executive producer and you know just carry like I think he he's carried the the baton from George Lucas forward for for Star Wars, and so just letting him be involved in bringing the dark Saber, which was from Clone Wars, and then Re- does, was he involved in Rebels? Did he? Yeah. do that. Yeah, I mean, so just having. Having bringing in Dave Filoni was just a stroke of genius by John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy. Just, yeah, I think yeah. that helps. Not, I don't want to say legitimize it because I'm not one of those fans who thinks Kathleen Kennedy sucks and whatever, but just I think it just brings an added gravitas to the Mandalorian.
1: I'm just saying, if you draw a line between Clone Wars, Rebels, and the Mandalorian, I think because of Dave Filoni, there's more credibility and a higher threshold of quality in the non theatrical star Wars oh, yeah. shows than there are in the theater versions. You know, I, yeah. I think there's a greater level of consistency, a greater level of the universe building.
0: Yeah. And you, um, but you also, you're not tethered to the Skywalkers and, you know, 40 years of storytelling, which is probably fun for, for Dave. I guess he had, to, he was tethered to some in the clone Wars, but after that, he kind of got to go off and do what he wanted create awesome characters like Sabine Ren and, uh, Hera and the little guy, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> the little guy. Uh, it's just a little guy. Um any so I mean this show's gotten just so much love. Is there anything in the first season where like ah they misfired? That was a misstep or just kind of like ah that wasn't as great?
1: Wow. Um No, you know, I I think you can be critical of so many different things, but they just did such a great job creating that world from from the dirty stormtrooper armor. Like Mm -hmm. what happened to all, I mean, not everybody blew up on the Death Star. So what happened to all those other people in that power vacuum? Uh, I just think they did a great job and they didn't fall back uh, with the exception of the appearance of a couple X-wings. They didn't fall back on, well, we need a Skywalker to show up and save the day. I really hope that they don't do that in in season 2. I really hope they don't fall back and say, "Well, it's uh, thank goodness we have Jedi that will make this more interesting because yeah. this showed that you can have a Star Wars a fully realized, fully satisfying Star Wars experience without a lightsaber battle."
0: Yeah. Well, we probably will see some with uh we'll get to that uh in just a second. Uh but so one of the things that I so I think that and somebody I follow on Twitter, a guy named Corey. Uh, he brought this up, and I think it was one of the biggest things that always it does take me out. Like in the in the Sanctuary episode where they go and try to hide away, and it's got Gina Carano. She's awesome, totally great. But then one I'm, of the people – not,
1: I've actively not been uh, like talking about her. Because I really, like, I have, like, fan crush on Jean- Gina <laughs> oh, like, like, Cara Dune, I, I, have, I have a real you, issue. You do. You do. Oh, my gosh, dude. Seriously, she is the baddest woman alive.
0: So they had, um, his name's Eugene Cordero. He's an actor. Uh, he voices Rutherford on Lower Decks. Totally great actor. Totally funny. But you will notice him because he is freaking Pillboy from The Good Place. He's the one who hangs out with Jason Mendoza. And so just having this like ridiculous comedic actor who's just totally goofy. And every time I see him, I think of Jason Mendoza yelling Bortles and just like throwing him into this very serious (laughs) moment. Like some of the casting just seemed a little like some of the casting was great. Obviously, Gina Carano's Cara Dune. um, I forgot his name again, Carl Weathers as Grief, like Grief Cargo. Grief Karga, yeah. totally great. But just like that casting and then having Amy Sedaris as the like person on Tatooine in charge of That was the, a great episode. Yeah. That was, but I but she just didn't fit cuz she's such a she's such a character actor, so charactery that it just that like some of those character choices or the casting choices seemed a little out of place um for me as I watch it. Um, and then, like, Bill Burr was fine in the Prisoner episode, but I also know he was only in it because he doesn't like Star Wars. And John Favreau said, well, then I'll put you in a Star Wars show. You know, hmm. just little things like that felt a little weird. Whereas, like, in that same episode where the guy, what was his name, Ren or Rex, the guy in charge of the space station? Yeah. Uh, ran, Ran Malk. Like, that guy's a character character actor. He's in a bunch of stuff, but he totally yeah. fit the unit. So that didn't, like, pull me out of it. Like, But, like, Bill Burr, like, Bill Burr's a stand-up comedian. What's he doing in this like Amos sedaris is like she did that really weird show on comedy central
1: like what so, so some little things like <laughs> thank, that thank you for remembering <laughs> strangers with candy
0: yes that one i never watched yep. it it was a little it was a little too weird yeah but that's about it other than that
1: well, what was there was an episode with um oh my goodness uh with ming Na Wen.
0: oh yeah that was great it was the it was the gunslinger episode where he had that little uh like guy who wanted to who was going after the bounty as well,
1: yeah, and I feel like that episode was just a little too like they promised more payoff, yeah. and didn't pay it off, so if they don't really cash that in on in in season two, well, I'll be disappointed, you
0: know, okay, well, okay, so that's what we liked didn't like let's get to a little TV talk because we are going to unpack what we think might happen in season two of the Mandalorian. I just love television so much.
1: Shut up! I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. TV talk.
0: Uh, Tony thought I cut him off. I wasn't trying to cut him off. I was trying to get us forward because he was. I th- I think maybe he was getting into the payoff for episode five, of the gunslinger. And I think that some of that payoff might be coming in some casting news that we've heard for season two. So I wanted to couch that in our season two discussion, The Mandalorian, uh, because there is all sorts of speculation that the payoff for season five would be the one and only Boba Fett showing up in season two of the Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, that's what they're saying, man. Uh, how do you feel about Boba Fett climbing from the Sarlacc pit and reemerging into the Star Wars universe.
0: I feel like I've lived with that as part of the extended universe so long that it doesn't really matter. I'm like, oh that, that, that I just accept, oh yeah, he's alive. Like I've just accepted that reality for most of my Star Wars fandom just because it happened in a novel a long time ago.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Dengar. Just undoing all yeah. of the of, of of Han Solo's accidental blind flailing.
0: Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm glad that they brought back Tamir Morrison to play him. That makes a ton of sense to me.
1: Yeah. Is Jeremy Bullock still alive? Because if I'm Jeremy Bullock, I'm pretty ticked.
0: That yeah, that's true. But Jeremy Bullock, you never took off your mask. So if you took off your mask, then you could have been you be, could have been a clone. Um so I'm happy they bring him back. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense that I mean, yeah. I, so either it makes sense and the Either they created the story and it made sense for the story, or they're doing all these stunt castings, like bringing back Boba Fett, bringing in uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, like which even which hasn't even been confirmed. I don't think right. Like she, I don't. She's not on the IMDb page yet. I don't think so.
1: I, can I just make a statement about nerddom in general? Yes. Please. This has nothing to do with the Mandalorian, but it's just something that irritates me. And you know what, what has really been, you know, what has been grinding my gears. Scotty? <laughs>
0: yes, Peter, please tell me.
1: Spider-Man three. <laughs> I'm so tired of every time I open up a search engine, it's telling me another person that may or may not be in Spider-Man three. Did you know that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in Spider-Man 3? Did you know that Tobey Maguire is going to be in Spider-Man 3? Did you know that the ghost of Yul Brynner is going to be in Spider-Man 3? Like (laughs) telling us not to smoke. Do you remember when we could be delightfully surprised by things?
0: Not really, because I was one of those people who like recorded the trailer for episode one off of my TV on a VHS so I could watch (laughs) it over and over
1: again. Now, Star Wars has I I, I don't think ever been the, the the pinnacle of surprise, but there are there are wonderful little moments in fandom when we go, oh, I legitimately didn't see that coming. Christopher Nolan was really good at it with the Dark yeah. Knight movies. Things I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't see that coming. That's yeah. exciting to me. Marvel has even done it from time to time. I mean, with Sam Jackson showing up at the end of Iron Man as as Nick Fury and 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 other different different moments where we go oh wow that that was cool uh chris chris evans cameo in thor the dark world it's just different things like that That, that chris evans kind of, cameo I,
0: in uh uh spider-man homecoming spider-man homecoming <laughs> yeah, exactly
1: and i i feel like we've eclipsed that moment where people just want to have so much information ahead of time it's yeah. kind of like do you think you would have enjoyed an appearance by boba fett more if you didn't see it coming yes that that irritates me. I If I would have seen Ahsoka Tano and I didn't know Ahsoka Tano was, I would have just wet myself. It would have been the, o- the only thing I'd be talking about. And now when I see her, I'll be like, oh, okay. That's cool, I guess. There she is. There she is, as predicted a year ago.
0: Uh, it was predicted, so I looked it up. Because <clears throat> I tend not, on my, my show at least, I tend not to discuss the specious rumors. Like... The one I think about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield is from like Spidermanfangirl.net, which if that's your website, <laughs> totally legitimate fangirl about whoever you want. Uh, sure. It could have been Spidermanfanboy.net, whatever. So I've not so like I mentioned it, but I didn't like go into a lot of speculation about it because in some points it's like if that doesn't if that's not true, then I just wasted five minutes of my episode talking about something that's never gonna happen.
1: Uh um, Spidermanfangirl.net is available, kids, by the <laughs> oh, way. Oh, there you go. Go ahead and snatch um, that up.
0: But uh it was uh, in March 21st, it it was in Deadline that Rosario Dawson was going to be Ahsoka Tano, and so if anything's in Deadline, the Hollywood Reporter, um, then I base Variety. I basically take that as accurate. So I did talk about Benedict Cumberbatch being in Spider Man Three, and I and I talked about Jamie Foxx because that one was in Deadline, um, but the other ones of other Spider Man coming back, not too sure.
1: Yeah, again, and I'm I'm sorry for for being you know maybe a negative Nancy wait a
0: railroad speak. my show tony come I on just, <laughs> i just <laughs>
1: i just i i thought this was i thought this was a, this was our show <laughs> it, it it could be it could be our milk um <laughs> I, again, I just I just want an element of surprise. Surprise is such a delightful thing, and it's such a rare commodity. And, and you know, maybe maybe they'll find a way to take it and twist it, and we'll go. Oh wow! I thought I saw that coming, and I didn't. Yeah. But now it's like I know. I'm looking for Timothy Oliphant, and I'm looking for right. Sasha Banks, and I'm looking for Katie, Katie Sackoff. Right. She's playing as somebody from Rebels, right? So Katie Sackhoff was uh, was actually the voice the of the character. Yeah. She was the voice of a character in Clone Wars okay. who was the leader of the Mandalor. Well, her sister was the the Queen of the Mandalorians. Okay, uh, and I don't want to surprise, but but she has uh, an entangled past with one Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, not not Katie Sackhoff, yeah, but her no, sister. Yeah, no,
0: the Queen. Yeah, I yeah, I so, have seen that part of
1: Clone. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but she and uh, but she would have been. I think she's one of the ones that had the dark saber. Oh, at one we'll point. Check it out. So. So if she's, and I think Star Wars is getting smart as far as intertwining characters uh, yeah. from animated and video game worlds with their live action, the, the, Star Wars Jedi fallen order video game, which just came out, which is a pretty solid video game. It's basically uncharted with lightsabers. Um, if, if in that game, all of the voice actors uh, were, were modeled to look at like their characters, hmm. uh, the characters looked like the people who did the voices for them. The guy who was the main character was, he was the, the Joker on Gotham and, hmm. Uh, there's there's other characters in there that are modeled so if they ever wanted to do those characters and bring cal Kestis into a star wars live action universe on disney plus or whatever be, yeah. they don't have to recast them because the voice actors already look like the people from the game
0: unless you're poor what's her name ashley uh eckstein and you don't get to be
1: ahsoka and you don't get to be ahsoka
0: poor ashley poor ashley but
1: she does great as ahsoka she does so and Ahsoka's a great character. I mean, if, yeah, no, I finished like the Clone Wars. The, the last season, of the Clone Wars was one hundred percent like this is the Ahsoka Tano story. Yeah,
0: no, and I, I'm already so I got to the point we I think we're talking about this off off air or just in our normal lives when we communicate with each other. But I got to the point where like they changed Ahsoka's character model, so she's no longer wearing like her little bandao. Like she has yeah. like an actual clothing on, and she so looks it older. like she
1: shopped at like a Walmart and uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah, or so I just like
0: and I just finished the episode where she got kidnapped by the the Bosque aliens. And like, had to like lead a revolt with a bunch of little younglings, and then Chewbacca shows yeah. up. That was pretty sweet. That was a good episode. Yeah. So, so there's all these castings that, you know, either we know about, looking forward to, upset that we're not going to be surprised about it. Um, but like, what do you like? What do you hope to see out of season
1: two? I want to just, uh, Gina Carano. <laughs> That's the end of my list. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really like, um, This is what I'm nervous about, and the trailer made me nervous about it, so I'm going to start out with what I'm I'm hoping I don't see. I think they know what they have with baby Yoda now. Uh I think they know what they have with the child, and I don't want to see the child go full Urkel, where it's like, here's the thing everyone loves, so we're going to wring it out and milk it to death. And, uh, and and they did that with even in the trailer when they, like, this is the way. This is the way. Hey, guys, remember? This is the way. <laughs> uh, we do remember. You should say it three more times, though, in case we forgot w- why we're excited about this. I, I don't want to see them turn the child into just a ridiculous plot device. I'd like to see more development there, maybe even some more answers there yeah. as to who and what it is. Uh, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is uh, more of what we've seen, but in a more revelatory way, rather than just, I don't want World more building. of the same. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah. And, I, and I think no. that, you know, I don't, you know, it's always kind of like, I, I think last time on my episode I was talking about, like, in Kevin Feige, we trust. Like, if all those crazy things that are happening in Spider-Man 3 actually happen, and Kevin Feige signed off on him then I've mm-hmm. got zero reason not to trust Kevin Feige at this point. And so I think up to this point, like I don't think Dave Filoni and John Favreau have given us any reason not to trust their vision for the Mandalorian and for this part of the Star Wars universe. I mean, even like, I didn't see The Lion King, but apparently it looked really, really nice, even if it was totally unnecessary <laughs> and superfluous. That's not Jon Favreau's fault. They just said, hey, do you want to make this movie? Like, sure, let me use a bunch of awesome technology. Like, Jon Favreau is kind of like the the everyman's James Cameron, where he sort of pushes technology forward to do something, you know, unlike James Cameron. I Cameron's
1: think Jon Favreau said to Dave Filoni on The Chef Show, when they were cooking together, it might have mm. been, not been Dave Filoni, but I think it was something to the effect of, oh yeah, well, you didn't try to remake The Lion King. The He basically implied it was the most unnecessary remake ever yeah and uh which is which is great good self-awareness jump
0: yeah so yeah good and yeah so so kind of like yes they know what they have now in baby Yoda but I don't like I stopped watching family matters when they made Urkel the center of the show because he was annoying and I didn't want to watch it
1: yeah exactly exactly so hopefully that that
0: doesn't happen but yeah I kind of hope like I hope there's more backstory for for Mando himself and and I and I did like that you know they brought Cara and they brought, brought grief back, but it seems they're mm-hmm. at least in this a little bit more. But I, I would kind of hope to, see, hope to see more consistency kind of in the cast because it was like weird that like they just pop up every so often, which is great. But I right. think, you know, being able to it's hard to buy into the relationships that these characters are building if they only pop up, you know, two episodes in an eight episode season
1: well we couldn't do i think a full uh, another full season of that lone gunman vibe i don't think you can do the silent protagonist and it's a very careful balance i I think they have to maintain which is so easy for me to say i'm not the guy who makes tv shows but uh but they they've now they've got like an ensemble cast which i'm okay with that but i hope that doesn't mean what i don't want to see is i want to see the mandalorian i don't want to see the din jaren show i don't want pedro pascal to be walking around with his mask off all the time now that we've seen him it's like oh here here's just this guy okay well that's that's interesting i guess yeah
0: but if they bring back ming na wen and she gets to kick somebody in the face
1: i'd be on board with that the cavalry man
0: man like she's so good at agents of shield like melinda may such a great character yes in, in
1: the mcu yes
0: I haven't watched the final season yet. I really need to. I've enjoyed the show either. quite a bit. I never
1: got uh, if I can full confession, I never got past Ghost Rider.
0: Like the that season or like the first mm-hmm. time he showed up.
1: That that season, I never finished that season. Oh, eh, i lost it, interest. They all sort of like merged together. Once they once they just kind of said, "Yeah, we're that's not really part of the MCU anymore yeah. and it just became its own thing." I was like, "Okay, then I'm not going to I don't have the the emotional and the, the time investment to make anymore."
0: Yeah, but you can like uh, Gemma and Fitz. Did you see the like life model decoys? Did you see that one? Mm, yeah, I think so. Okay, that one was really good. Um, anything else you like? Yeah, I j- I'm just excited. Like, I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to have. Like, I don't have time to watch all the TV that I want to watch right now. Like, it's hard enough to watch one episode of Star Trek a week, but I'll just have to squeeze in another thirty-five to forty minutes for The Mandalorian.
1: <clears throat> And I'm really glad that they're doing it in the way that they're yes, doing it, where it's one episode. Very much a week. so, because I don't want to get everything spoiled for me by some you know kid that doesn't have a life, and he stayed up you know straight through the night, watched the whole thing, and then he posted spoilers. Yeah, I think
0: that when uh, was Amazon the first one to do that, or was Discovery the first? Like, was CBS All Access the first one to really like switch up that model to say we're going to release an episode every week?
1: Yeah, some of them did. I think Amazon did it with the tick, CBS All Access did it uh, Discovery. with Discovery. I
0: I I just like it because you know, because yeah, like one, I can't binge an entire season in a weekend. But also right. it just it gives you expectat- ex- expectation expectation it gives you time to talk about it and think about it and something to look forward to. That's
1: what I love. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that was my frustration with, you know, I, I want to talk about it with my friends, but boy, they, you know, Neff doesn't have, you know, the, the time constraints that I have. So <laughs> he's he's finished daredevil season two. And I'm yeah. going, I, I'm two epi- every episodes, an hour long, man, you got to give me time to pee. Yeah. So having, yeah, ha- being able to
0: talk about it and then just like, like I look forward Technically to Wednesday nights, 1115, but I can't stay up that late to watch. Like I look forward to Thursdays when I get to watch a new episode of discovery. Like I, I like that. I like the anticipation of having something to watch instead yeah. of the, in, in some ways it's, it's anticipation versus just kind of like dreading, like, Oh my gosh, I have to find some way to watch eight hours of television in one weekend or I'm <laughs> exactly. no longer be culturally relevant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and, and it's, 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 it's a shame. I like the idea of also giving us that, that vibe of when like lost was a great show for this, because at the end of the episode, you go, what the crap was that all about? Mm-hmm. And you could enjoy and you could speculate and you could wait a week and then see what the crap it was about.
0: Yeah. Or not. Cause I, I feel like in that show, they didn't let you give you a lot of answers.
1: Well, they, they never actually told you what it was about, but you could speculate all you like. <laughs> I mean, the, Speculation the is free. The, the big thing for me with that was I,
0: like I like this is how long ago? Like I bought the first like three seasons of Battlestar Galactica on DVD mm. and binge watched them, and then got caught up to the broadcast schedule, and so then like, I'd watch up to like that like I, I can't watch another one. Like I just have to sit here and wait a whole nother yep. week. Uh huh. Terrible. Have you finished yep. that yet?
1: Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. This, this isn't about me. Scott. Well, I got to bring this up old ass. <laughs> got to gotta bring up stuff. We gotta bring up, we're not talking about Battlestar Galactica right now. I'm
0: talking about Mandalorian. Uh, and to talk about the Mandalorian, <laughs> we'll wrap up this episode with a little Mandalorian-themed Jesus Time. What's the time? Jesus Time. What's the time? Jesus Time. What's the Time.
1: Jesus Time.
0: Uh, Tony and I, we've been in ministry for quite some time. Uh, We have had many conversations with students uh, sharing the gospel that Jesus loves them and he died for them and he wants them to commit their lives to him. You've had those conversations, right, Tony? Yes, I have. Many of those conversations. And one of the the verses that I'm sure Tony and I have both used in those conversations is John 14, 6, where Jesus uh, says to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is a great verse that talks about uh, kind of the uh, uniqueness of Jesus, that he is the only path to salvation, the only path back to the father, the, you know, so it's kind of says like, yeah, well, what about all these other world religions? And then he's like, well, Jesus said that he's the way he's the truth. He's the life. No one comes to the father except through him. So it, it brings in that kind of exclusivity that is open to everybody that, that comes in Jesus. And it, it just sort of made me think about the line that Tony shared of this is the way, this is the way, this is the way. And hopefully You know, we don't just hear everybody saying this is the way all the time. And what I I think what I liked about that phrase and probably why I think it caught on and maybe you can speak to this, Tony, is that it just like for the Mandalorians, it's like this is the way. And so there there was a sense of determination and action to it that, well, why do you do it? Well, this is the way. And there's like no other option. Like, well, then this is what we have to do, because this is. The way, and, and I and I was thinking about that in terms of John fourteen six, and this is the way, the truth, life. No one comes the Father except through me, or I am the way. Not this is the way, the truth. Uh, and just we use that verse very much for like salvation, and try to say, hey, like like this is this is how you this is how you find eternal life. This is how you find completement and fulfillment in your life. And and so we sort of use John fourteen six as this salvation passage, but I think a lot of times we do a disservice to that passage, and we don't really include it in what it means to. Like, follow Jesus every day. That, it, that it's not just about salvation, but it's also about the way that we live our lives. And I think for the Mandalorians, it was this kind of motto and credo for them, but it also affected how they live their lives on a daily basis. And so I just kind of want to talk a little bit about, like, like, how do we, yes, accept Jesus as our path to salvation, but also live like Jesus is the path for our life here and now? So it's not just about eternal life, but like the way that Jesus offers is about life. Here and now. Does that make sense? Is that just, you know, I mean, I guess in ministry, like, I think about those things like, you know, like, is it kind of like this, like, raise your hand and give your life to Jesus and now you're saved. But it's like, well, well, then what? And then like the discipleship process comes in. Um, so, so when did you figure that out, Tony, that following Jesus wasn't just about being saved, but how um, you actually lived your life?
1: immediately after I asked Jesus into my heart and then I had to go back to school on Monday. Mm. And you, you know, you, you have this moment, you have this altar experience and everybody's uh, story of where their life and Jesus's life come together is, is different to some degree, but I think there's a a bit of a universal truth is you go and you hear the message or you hear the concert, or you have that encounter and you make a commitment. You do your part, you take your step, you uh, call on the name of Jesus and and you're saved, but then you go home and all Mm -hmm. your same stuff is there. And you go back to school or work and all the same people are there. And it's really weird because you realize I have been reset, but the world around me has Mm -hmm. not. And I've, I've got to figure out a way now, not just to, be this thing but to walk it out on a daily basis Mm. and that's not always easy and i think that's why a lot of people like the different types of ground where the seed is sown a lot of different people they they make that first step but they don't make it through the second third fourth
0: yeah that's tough and i I know you know because you came to faith later in life as a teenager and so i think for me it's always been that struggle of like you know Like I was raised in it like, oh, yeah, no, like Jesus was always a reality I was aware of. Jesus was always a part of my life. Like we were always praying. I was always going to church. And, you know, so I think especially for cultural Christians, like I was an M and could have continued to have been that like, oh, like this isn't like this shouldn't affect my life because it just is my life. Like Jesus is just an addition to my life. He's just part of what I do and then i think the choice comes came from me it's like well how seriously am i going to take this part of my life is jesus just going to be a part of my life that i was raised in or am i going to make the decision to make him the central figure in my life in what everything revolves around because i knew i was saved i i prayed that prayer when i was 5 years old but when i was 14 i had to size like is it more than that like is it just going to continue to be this you know you know the the crass term of like fire insurance or like i get to go to heaven when i die or is it going to be more 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 for me than that which you know i think you know wasn't a long process as i guess nine years from the time where i was i prayed the prayer and when i was uh baptized as a as a freshman in high school but i'm always like fascinated by that journey and then like what it looks like on a daily basis now is as a father and a husband and a pastor because i'll admit it tony i don't know if you are, are free to admit, it, but there are some days where like even as a pastor like following jesus is hard and it sucks and I don't really want to do it all the time. Like I don't want to follow that way. Like I just want to be content with the fact that I can go to heaven when I die and then live my life how I want to on this day because it's been a long day or a bad day
1: see i i can completely relate to that in a minute but for me it's almost the opposite mm. for me you talk about oh some days it's really hard i get more nervous about the days when it's really easy mm. to be honest because that's when i feel like like i'm not receiving any i'm not actually putting anything into it it's kind of like hey i'm, I'm towing mm. this trailer behind mm. me but boy I'm, I'm accelerating like i'm not carrying any weight and i mm. look back and i'm going oh it's because i left the trailer last time. I <laughs> that, that's why this is so easy it's like dragging a dog leash behind you you know it's like there's no dog but um that's when i get the most nervous is when i go oh no this is all great because it's my strength and it's not his strength Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know you talk about you know how how do you get these things and rationalize it i don't want to live like a kind of person that uh, like first Corinthians says like you'll be saved but you're going to be saved like by fire like you're jumping out the window Uh in the middle of a burning house and all you got is you and your britches yeah I want to have a, a fruitful life. And I love that in this scripture that you you shared, and thank you for sharing this. I, I know this may seem cliche. Every youth pastor has probably done a Mandalorian message and said the way, the truth and life. Like, I, well, I,
0: I guess I'm back to being kind of a youth pastor. So I haven't had to do one yet, but here we go. Yeah,
1: it will keep it in your <laughs> back pocket. But but the thing is this, Jesus didn't say, I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and life. Like he's, he, he paired mm. those three things up together. And I think he did it intentionally. And it's because okay uh, i'll i'll just off the top of my head here have you ever ordered during this time of quarantine from like uber eats or doordash or anything like that had food delivered to your house i have
0: not i've never ordered okay i
1: haven't like either that. yeah i haven't either because i'm too cheap to pay anybody a couple extra dollars when i could just go to the place and get it myself yeah. right that's that's me but i had a also i don't know what they're doing uber. my food yeah right like I... that's in somebody's car they fart in that car <laughs> if, <laughs> I, okay if someone's fart farting on my food Jesus it's gonna time. be me yeah. Right. So, so I, I don't normally do that, but the other day I got a notification on my phone from the Uber app, which again, I didn't even know that I had on my phone because I've never <laughs> taken an Uber before. And it was like, Hey, here's a coupon code for the, the short version of the story is basically we're going to give you $30 credit for uh, your first meal. So it's was like rad. So I ordered my food. Uh, I didn't even put my information in there. Again, I don't know how I even had the Uber app. So I, I saw my email address was correct. I ordered my food from the restaurant. It knocked 30 bucks off. So thanks Uber. And, um, Basically, I got it, my food for the delivery, for the, the, the gratuity to the delivery yeah. driver. And it was cool because it put a little map together and it was like, your food is being picked up now. Jennifer is on her way to your house. She's got one stop on the way there. She'll be there in like eight minutes. So it was kind of neat to be able to watch her progress from Zaza's Cuban cafe and then to my house <laughs> with my, you know, uh, vacas fritas, you know. So it was kind of cool. Well, I get a little text notification. Jennifer is now pulling in your neighborhood. Cool. Uh, Jennifer, uh, I'm here. I'm dropping the food off. Fantastic. And I was sitting in my house and I'm looking out in the driveway and I see no headlights. I see no car. And I'm going, what is going on here? What is the problem here? Where is Jennifer? As the app (laughs) has promised me with my tostones y maduros. Where is my Cuban food? And um, I I looked at the app and I'm looking through my thing. And you know what? I, I realized the wrong address was mm. in my Uber app. It was the right street name. It was the wrong house number. Oh no. And I went into a panic mode because now I'm going, well, where the crap is this house? So I'm typing, the. the no, I'm in my pajamas, Scott <laughs> I'm like straight up in my plaid <laughs> pajama bottoms. <laughs> And I'm tight because I didn't need to get dressed because Jennifer's bringing my food. So I'm typing the number into my phone and I'm I'm, okay. It's this way. So I'm running around my neighborhood like with haste, trying to get to the house before Jennifer drops the food off with a stranger who's not going to know what it is. But if if I'm I'm uncomfortable with eating the food from Jennifer's car, I'm never going to eat the food that was in somebody else's house. (laughs) I I don't eat at church potlucks for that very reason. (laughs) right? So it, it turns out that it was the neighbor right around the corner. I got to their house. The food was sitting in the bag on their porch. And I just walked up to their door and went, joink, and grabbed the food and went back to my house. Did they you make the noise ring. as you grabbed it? I certainly did. And they had a little ring doorknob. Now, the house, of the guy that lives there is a police officer too. And I'm like, yep, I'm straight up robbing food off your doorstep here. My bad. I paid for it. Brought it back to my house. And I just began to think about that a little bit. Now, we talked, Jesus said the way, the truth, and the life. She had the way, but she didn't have mm. the truth. She, she knew where to go. I knew where she was, but we had a disconnect because what she had was not the truth. What she had was an address, but it wasn't my address. And people live their lives according to some morality code. People live their lives even according to like some Christian religion, a, a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. And I think that we're going to find out one day when we're, uh, when we're absolutely empty, when we have nothing in the tank and we've called on the name of Jesus, but he ain't there, that we've had the way, but we have not had the truth mm. in our life and jesus needs us to have all of those things it's like he he's the way the truth the life he's the course he's the source and he's the force you know you have to have all three of those things if you have a path then you have a promise but then you also got to have the power Ooh, alliteration right now come on off the top of my head can i get an amen from the congregation amen that's why i like having tony if if you're a minister you can write that down and preach that in your (laughs) church on sunday or wednesday and don't even tell anybody you stole it from me all glory to god
0: but if you want to, you know, sign up to be a patron of the Nerd of Godcast,
1: you can. Or yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just jump yeah, over just, there. Or yeah, the Christian or, Nerd. We or the Christian. Live nerd. And let live. Whatever.
0: Or just send Tony money so he can buy a toy, a Gandalf toy from
1: somebody. I do want that Gandalf toy so you bad to from Gandalf Big Band Bad toy. toy Store, the 1/6 Gandalf scale. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh http Yeah, see the back see back the back 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 in the show <laughs> notes. <W-W-W-W-W-W. laughs> no, and I and I love that. So I think that so, you know, there's there's the way, there's the truth, and then I think what we miss out on is the life because we have we, we so often think that like we hold like it, even John 3:16 like, you know, like um <laughs> I know what the verse says. Uh, for God's love, the world is only Son that should not perish, but have eternal life. And so you so, get
1: bonus points for saying it faster, Scotty. I,
0: I was trying to get through it before I forgot it again. <laughs> uh, and just that, you know, and I, I felt this so much uh, now, you know, in ministry. And, and I don't even know if I felt this that much when I was younger. But just that, you know, we, we focus so much in, I guess, I'll say in, in my, my version of evangelical Christianity. It, it's so easy to focus on like the eternal life part and just that, yeah. you know, like we make the deci- this decision for Jesus now for, for that life out there, but just right. the, we, we miss the reality that, that the way of the truth and life, like it's not the way of Jesus, it's not the truth of Jesus for, for an eternal life that, that starts out there. It's, it's for the life that we live right now. That, that I always like to say, like eternal life doesn't start when we die. Like eternal life starts right now. We can sure. live our eternal life seeking God's glory and following the way of Jesus right now. Like, well, dude, if, you,
1: if, if you look at the context of this verse, they're trying to tell Jesus when life is supposed to happen. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we know that, you know, it, it's all it's all going to be good. you know? uh-huh. And Jesus is like, no, bro, this is I, I'm, I'm preparing a place for you now. Yeah. So that when so I can come and get you. I mean, it's the same thing. When Jesus said it back in John chapter 11, a few chapters earlier when they're like, well, we know our brother's going to be fine when the resurrection comes. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection yeah. and the life. This is not for heaven This is for right now, Lazarus come forth. Like, I think that there's people out there that are looking for heaven and they're hobbling along like crippled, like way underpowered, way under, uh, under, and and less victory than what God intended for them to be walking in because they're looking so forward to heaven that they forgot that they're overcomers right now, dude. Right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we just, we miss out. And, And then so, and so this life, loses so much value and significance because we think that, well, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to pursue the things. I'm going to make my money and have my retirement. I'm going to have my kids. My kids are going to be good at sports. And then when I die, then, then, then that's real life. It's like, well, no, like your real life starts right now. So what's it look like? You know, I I talked about this passage thing on, on my last show, uh, but just, you know, the fact that Jesus calls us to lay down our lives, take up our crosses and follow him that, you know, the way, the way, the truth and life, it's, those are all about surrender. Like I have to surrender the way of Jesus. I have to surrender to his truth. I have to surrender my life to his life. And when I do that, when I lay those things down as Jesus promises, we we take up so much more than we ever, ever lay down. And I just, my heart breaks for followers of Jesus who just continue kind of like you said, to stumble through their lives, focused on eternal life that they think is to come versus claiming the eternal life that, that Jesus Christ died and came back to life to give them right here, right now, today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's and I'm not trying to pull you know the prosperity gospel out of my pocket, but Jesus has no problem with our prosperity in the abundance of our life. I mean, this is a promise that He does give, and He's not afraid to do it. Jesus was absolutely heavenly minded, but He wasn't heavenly minded at the expense of how is how are His people going to thrive and survive in this life? And 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 He even talks about it. Look, if you'll focus on Me, if you'll let the things of your world and your life kind of fall by the wayside, you're not only going. I'm not talking about the life in the age to come. I mean he said it in, in in Mark chapter 10. He's like you're going to receive a hundredfold in this life and and even more in in eternity. And which is pretty rad. Jesus was didn't cut off one thing just to feed the other thing. I mean, he didn't trade lives here. Uh he came to have a physical blessed perfect sinless life and then to move into eternity, preparing a place for us. Both of those things count. Yeah. If also, not, you could just, let's just kill everybody now. You become a Christian, and we'll just baptize you permanently. We'll hold your head underwater, <laughs> and you go straight to Jesus. Because, no, seriously, dude, if this life is supposed to suck, we would be doing an act of mercy. There's a reason God wants us to live and enjoy life and enjoy each other and, and, and witness and experience his blessing on a daily life because, uh, because God has a real desire. Life is the first gift that he gave us. For us to enjoy this world and then to enjoy that which is to come, and not in yeah, not
0: yeah, yeah. And, and sorry, and know, sorry and no, if I, no, 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 if no, no. I need th- to ramp that up. And no, no, out no, no, ball, no. I you know, I know you don't like, and this is not what you're intending. But like, the enjoyment of this life is in the surrender, in the living our lives for God and His glory and His kingdom. Like that's where the enjoyment, like that's the, like that's where enjoyment comes from. That I'm. I'm living the best, fullest, most intended life for myself when I'm living my life for God and his glory and his kingdom. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: dude. I mean, you, you look at your children, bro. Uh, you know, uh, you, I, I took a screenshot when I was FaceTiming with you yesterday because I had this <laughs> this amazing picture of Jojo climbing up on your lap, you know, your little boy and your kids are so awesome, dude. Like, you know, you, you were bragging about your wife during that call. You know, you're talking about Alicia where I'm saying, man, what good looking kids you got. He's like, yeah, that's all Alicia, Yeah. you know, And it, but, but, you know, think about the happiness of your marriage and think about the joy that you get from being a father. Like how much more do you understand and, and have an appreciation of who God is through those situations. Absolutely. It's like what a great blessing. Now is that forever? I mean when you're in heaven, is your relationship with your children and your wife gonna be the same as it is here? Probably not. But thank God for what it is right here, right now.
0: Yeah. And then it can be something more than just you know a collection of DNA that happened. You know, like absolutely there's more and and so I think that's where I really like the the Mandalorian where I say this is the way because because it affects his, like it's not just a motto like this yeah. is the way oh then he goes out and he rescues the child like he goes he against does. his bounty hunter ways and then in his whole community comes on board with it and so it's not just he's this rogue character acting like his whole community the whole enclave of mandalorians recognizes this is the way so because saving this one child is so important we're all going to do this and then we have to leave because mm-hmm. of it and so i think there's so much value in Allowing what we actually believe to define and influence the actions that we choose to make. Um, And too often there's a a great disconnect between those. And there's a great disconnect between those things in my life. More often than I'd probably like to admit. Uh, But in my best places, on my best days, when God's grace is truly abundant and recognizable to me, uh, then maybe what I say I believe and the way I live my life, those things line up pretty well. And I can make a difference for God's kingdom in this world.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Which isn't a bad
0: thing. Uh, That's it for this episode of the Christian Nerd of Godcast. Tony! Yo! Thank you for joining me, as always. Thank you for having me, Scotty. Uh, Where can people find you on the internet?
1: Well, you know, I, I think that uh, if they're looking for me, they can find me on my Twitter page. That's where I like to hang out at. It's me, Tony T. Of course, you can check out all the fun of the Nerd of Godcast also also across the social medias at Nerd of Godcast. cast. But uh, the big place that we want to direct people to is to come hang out with us on our Facebook small group, which is the Nerd of God squad. If you search for that or you can even go to NOG dot com, it'll take you straight there. And um uh, we would love to have you be part of the conversation, live your dreams, share some memes, and uh, come and have some peaches and cream. I don't know if that's a thing or not.
0: There was one thing on there this week that made me laugh out loud. Yeah? I'm not going to take the time to look it up,
1: but it was pretty good. I, I appreciate it. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to have the same frustrations with the person that you're having frustration with <laughs> on there. Uh, not because he's bad, just because everything you post is so dumb. Uh, <laughs> The
0: one that I oh I can't remember who shared it, but it was uh, it was the Younglings saying I have decided to follow Jesus, and then Calvinus yeah. with that, and was, it turned
1: into a whole conversation. Oh,
0: did yeah. it? I avoided the conversation. I just thought it was very yeah. really funny because I can watch something and then it, laugh about it, whether and I don't need to engage with it theologically.
1: It, it really is fun. You'll get some kind of theological tickles and then, you know, people send prayer requests and we do. It's a cool community. It's it's kind of like what you do over on the Octagon. Uh, only people can find it because it's on Facebook.
0: I know. It's much easier. Hey, it's really, just email me, com, and I'll get yeah. you added to that.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: so you can do that uh, if you want to. Uh, you can join the Octagon. Uh, email me, Uh You'll get it added there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott here at Christian nerd, And as Tony referenced, if you were interested in supporting the Christian nerd financially, you may do so at patreon.com slash the Christian nerd though, as I'm sure Tony and I would both attest to the best ways you can support any of these things that we create is to share it with people who you think might enjoy it
1: please. And thank you. And if you want to leave a review, those really, really help also. You can leave them on iTunes, uh, leave, you know, five stars, leave a, a kind word You can go to like pod or any of the places, basically wherever you can listen to this, leave a review, take 15 minutes out of your life and go do that. It'll hey, just take really five really warm. minutes. Let's give it
0: five stars. I'm like, I like this.
1: The <laughs> end. That's all you need to do. Okay. Then take 10 minutes, go spend five with him and then take, take the other five and spend it with me. Do it, do it, do it.
0: Uh, enjoy the Mandalorian, Tony. I'm excited I'm, for you to get to watch it on Friday.
1: I'm sure, yeah. That you I canceled uh, like a church event to ha- to be able to watch it, right? We didn't cancel the church event, okay. we didn't do it. We're, we're going to be watching Spider Man, uh, the uh, end of the Spider Verse at a big like drive in type event. My so. plan
0: is to wake up early on Friday morning, watch it, and record a patron exclusive episode discussing. Ooh. The Mandalorian. So that's my Aren't plan. Aren't you
1: fancy? Well, I am a patron of the Christian Nerd Podcast. So, you'll get so I access look forward to, to hearing
0: that. it. Yeah. You get to listen to it. It'll be great for you. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, so yeah. uh, goodbye, Tony. Hey, bye, Scotty. Goodbye, Internet.
1: This is the way.